wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. In comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-O-I-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And on today's show, again, I want to talk about the situation with the owners and the situation with the players and all that goes into that. But first, I want to say about our good friends over at Bilt Bar, who have just been phenomenal at Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's BiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. It's a protein bar, folks, that tastes just like a candy bar. The chocolatey outside, whatever flavor you want on the inside, it's easy to get down. High in protein, low in carb, low in sugar. Very filling. Very filling. You can even use this bad boy to replace an entire meal if you want to. Pro tip, pop it in the refrigerator, tastes even better. It is fantastic. It truly is. And I've never found a protein bar that tastes so good as Built Bar does. So I cannot recommend them enough. So go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON over there. Now, but yesterday was my initial raw reaction to the owner's proposal to the players. The second proposal to the players. I still feel that way. I feel as though the owners do not want to play baseball. The owners are simply presenting a plan that way when the season is is inevitably canceled, they can point to the fans and they can say, look, we presented two different options to the players. The players turned down both options. Our hands are tied. We tried. And then you'll turn on the players and you'll call all the players greedy. So I want to clarify some of that stuff. Because I understand, uh, you know, there was there was a feedback from, again, who I shouted out yesterday on the show, Terry, I, I apologize again, Terry, that I'm not going to be able to say her last name correctly. I'm just going to try it again as Gius, Terry Gius, again, at, at name on Twitter is T-G-E-I-S-73. Uh, after listening to yesterday's show, uh, she, she did have a question again and said, uh, so what do you want players to get paid? Uh, do you want them to get paid for the entire season uh, when they only play 81 games? Is that what you're saying? I want to know what you're saying. And just clarify that for me. Uh, she put that on Twitter yesterday. So I can understand where maybe I wasn't clear yesterday, just given the uh, situation, given the environment of the discussions uh, and what was happening. And just again, just the rapid reaction to hearing the news uh, for the first time. Uh, so let's take a step back here and just review uh, what I've been saying all along. Because I get it. This podcast happens three times a week. And people have a life. P- people cannot just sit around and listen to podcasts. So maybe you've missed uh, my opinion on this. So if you don't know, Terry, that the players and the owners already agreed to what would happen. In March, they agreed, hey, if we can play baseball again, we're going to do prorated contracts. We're going to get paid for the amount of games that we play. And that'll be it. Bottom line, that'll be it. 
and you can go back and listen to the podcast. It, it's it's titled perfectly for you that the MLBPA and the owners have agreed to a deal, which I didn't think was possible because at the time, all that we heard was how vo- how volatile the situation was between the two parties. Uh, so it was big news whenever they agreed to this deal. Uh, and that's what I want the players to get. So to answer your question, no, players should not be getting paid for the entire 162. They also should not be taking a dramatic pay cut when they've already when they've already agreed to do so. Again, the the two sides in March agreed to take the prorated contracts. The owners agreed to pay them. The players agreed to play under them. They only want to get paid for the amount of games that they play. What I think would be fair is just to give everyone a, a game check of however many games that they play. If you play 81 games, they get 81 game checks. If you play 80 games, they get 80 game checks. And I would even say that the owners can take some off the top of that as well. So whatever your game check is, let's go ahead and reduce that by X amount, you know, X percentage amount. Now, let's not go to the extreme and say if you're making $35 million, we're only going to pay you $7 million and, and have no deferrals and have no way to pay you back and reimburse you for that money lost. You're just lost out of money while we sit here as billionaires. So, again, players should not be getting paid their entire contract this year. No one argues that. No one does. They should be getting paid for what they agreed to in March, which is prorated contracts for this schedule. And I feel like owners, this is why I do feel like they don't want to play baseball, because we've already had these discussions in March. We've already agreed to what was going to happen. We agreed to it in March. And now all of a sudden, you want to present these two terrible, terrible proposals to the players. They're awful. Everyone who looks at these proposals that is not an owner says they're awful. So I don't understand why fans just decide to stick up for the billionaire owners. I don't understand it at all. And it it probably comes from, if we're being honest, a place of jealousy of, hey, I, t- I had to take a pay cut. And I'll, I'll go back to what I said yesterday. Number one, sports are not about you. You know, the, the money that, that, that these athletes make, you can say that it's too high. You could say there's no reason that Mike Trout gets paid $400 million. Well, it's either he gets paid that money or the billionaire owners keep that money. That money's not going to teachers. If Mike Trout signs for $100 million instead of $400 million, that $300 million is not going to teachers or to firefighters or to cops or to whatever party you agree is underpaid. It's going back to the owners. That's why the Royals are so profitable, because they don't pay their players. They don't pay big contracts. They get to keep all the money for no return, for, for no investment into the team. So, I mean, let's be honest here. I understand where the emotion comes from of, hey, I had to take a pay cut, but the owners have, but the players have already agreed to take pay cuts. They've already agreed that, you know what, we're going to sit back and take a priority deal. We're not going to ask for all of our money. And that's the bottom line. So I I don't understand where this second wave of negotiations is coming from when we've already agreed to something in March. So to answer your question again, to summarize it yet again, no, players should not be getting paid 162 game checks. They should not be getting paid for what their contract is valued at for 162. They should be getting paid for what their contract is valued at for 82 games or 80 games. And... You can also say, even without being pro-owner or pro-player, that this is a negotiation tactic. It's like if you list a car at, you know, $25,000, 
when you really only want $15,000 for it. Because you know that they're going to lowball you and then you can compromise and you can figure out a way to, to get the, the marker that you want. And, you know, I would agree with that if we were not on a race against the clock. If these proposals came out in March, I would agree with you. But as I said yesterday, we've got to get a move on here. We're in June already. And we can't play baseball in December. We can't play baseball at Thanksgiving. I know that that was talked about before. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No way. So you have a week to get this done. That way we can start training camp, spring training, uh, and then continue on with whatever season is left. And we're already down to 80 games. We're already down to 80 games. So after the break, we'll talk more about the situation. And just to put the final bow on this, because, again, I understand that it's not uh, appealing to listen to uh, about contract negotiations from millionaires. I understand that, especially. it's not Fans don't like to listen to that anyway uh, in, in a normal situation, but especially not during a pandemic where likely you're going through some sort of financial trouble or some sort of financial adjustment uh, to your life. So I get it. But I do want to put a final bow on it. There's no confusion on where I stand on this, uh, and you can make up your own decision from there after the break. So this tweet from Max Serger, excuse me, this tweet from Max Serger, Serger, wow, I cannot talk, which is not good for someone who's being paid to podcast. But nonetheless, this tweet from Max Scherzer comes out right now as we're recording this. Uh, and he says in a tweet that has a picture of the uh, notes document in the iPhone, which I always find very um, interesting. I always find that whenever athletes do that, I think that they're the only people who do that athletes are that, that take pictures of their Apple notes to put it in a tweet. But nonetheless, uh, the tweet goes as followed after discussing. Oh my goodness. I cannot talk after discussing the latest developments with the rest of the players. There's no reason to engage with MLB in any further compensation reductions. We have previously negotiated a pay cut in the version of the prorated salaries, and there's no justification to accept a second pay cut based on the current information the union has received. I'm glad to hear other players voicing the same viewpoint and believe MLB's economic strategy would completely change if all documentation were to become public information. So he says it right there, what I've been saying all along. The players have already agreed to take a pay cut. They've done what you're doing. You're screaming at Blake Snell, you're screaming at all these players that you've had to take pay cuts and you've had to take pay reductions. They've already done that. They've done that too. Now owners want a second wave of pay cuts again as I will say for the billionth time on a group of people who are unlike anyone else in the world that can only do their job for a finite amount of time. I can talk into this microphone until the day I die or the day I lose my speech, which again, losing your speech can happen. Not likely though, you know, given the odds. Again, I would say until I can't form a, a, a cognitive thought, but if you watch Mike Francesa, you know that as long as you just keep talking, someone will listen. You can work at a factory until the day you die. You can work on a farm until the day you die. You can work at, you know, Dunder Mifflin until the day you die. You can work at Staples or Walmart or wherever you're working, some company that you're working at. You can work there for the rest of your life. Your skills are not confined to a three-year window, a five-year window, a 10-year window. You're not going to be replaced and phased out the same way these players are. And honestly, most of us aren't really in a competition with anyone. 
So most of you at your job, you, you don't really have to perform at your A game all the time. You're not in real dire need to perform at the top of your game. So, I mean, I understand that you've had to take pay cuts. The players have too. And they cannot afford, as silly as it sounds, they cannot afford uh, to not capitalize on their, on their pay window because their pay window, unlike any other job in the world for athletes, is until they're about 40, if, if they're really good. If they're not really good, until they're about 27, 28, 29, 30. Whereas you and I can do our jobs until we die. And again, these players don't automatically get MLB retirement benefits. You've got to put 10 years of service time in before you can retire and and get your MLB level benefits. And a lot of these guys don't have backup plans. You know, you you can't really just assume uh, that these guys can be all right after this is all over. So I understand them wanting to cash in, especially I cannot stress this enough because they've already taken a pay cut this year. So to put a bow on it, this is where I stand. The owners have the money to make this go away. Whether you want to call them billionaires or multi-billionaires, they have the money to make this go away. They don't want to use it They want to cut costs as much as possible. And it's turning you against the players when the players are on the right side of this. They've taken their pay cut already. They've acknowledged, hey, we should not be getting paid our full contracts. Let's take a pay cut. They're not taking a second pay cut, though. That's ridiculous. And I'll tell you why. Now, you can say, you're still making $7 million. Take another pay cut. I'll tell you why. The owners can get out of this mess in the offseason. You know how Sherman, of you know, the, the new Royals owner, is going to get out of this? He's going to trade Jorge Soler. He's going to trade Whit Merrifield. He's going to have a bunch of guys on pre-arbitration contracts. He's going to trade anyone who's due for an extension. He's not going to sign anyone. He's going to non-tenure a lot of guys. He's going to cut corners. He's going to recoup that money. And he's going to benefit from revenue sharing. That's how he's going to get out of this. And he knows that he'll have all these room, all this room to cut corners. So I just don't think that it's fair to ask the players to take a second pay cut when the owners not only are not assuming any risk in this. Once the players have taken a pay cut, and especially if they take a second pay cut, there is no risk and all of the risk is on the players. The owners have a get out of jail free card because they control what they put out. They control what they put out. There's no salary floor. There's no salary cap. You can control how much you spend or how little you spend. Some do it better than others. See the Rays being a competitive team for basically their entire existence outside of a few years, being a competitive team while never spending money. Uh, some, pe- some people do it poorly. Look at the Royals who spent 30 years as a terrible team before they blew up for two years and, and performed very well. And then they went back on the decline and now they've lost 100 straight games for the last couple of years while not spending any money. So they can get out of this, the Royals can, by trading with Merrifield and trading Jorge Soler. But Jorge Soler and Whit Merrifield cannot recoup their money. And this second pay cut, again, would be totally different if the plan was presented that, hey, you know what? Given the fact that we don't have revenue coming in, we just can't pay you 
this year. We can pay you, though, even in three years from now. We can give you back this money. We can reimburse you. We can do deferrals. The deferrals are a common thing in baseball. Common thing. But that's not even on the table right now? That's ridiculous. And again, this was always going to be a big week. This is always going to be a big week because you have to have a plan in place today on Thursday or on Friday at the latest on Monday before there's just no point to have a season anymore because we're already staring down 80 games. Is a 70-game season worth playing in baseball when you're used to having 162 sample size? Again, I would watch it because I love baseball, but would it be very indicative and, and would it be a true representation of this season if we're only going to play 70, 60 games? At that point, anyone can have a good, a strong 60-game stint and waltz into the playoffs, and then once you're in the playoffs in baseball, unlike most sports, anything can happen. So let's put one last finishing touch on this. It's gone a little bit longer than I expected. Number one, I don't think baseball will be played this year. Number two, I think it's all because of the owners, because they'd rather pay, they'd rather lose $133 million this year uh, than to pay out more than that to facilitate an OB season. Uh, but they're going to put all the onus on the players and say, look, we presented two options to them. They ignored both options. They declined both options. It's out of our hands at this point. You're going to turn on the players. You're going to call the players greedy. You're going to say that the players are millionaires and that they should be taking pay cuts because you had to take pay cuts. And that's how the song and dance is going to go. Number three, in my opinion, that's the wrong way to look at it. I understand it. I understand where it comes from inside of you. To me, that's the wrong way to look at it. Because again, as Max Serger, Serger lays out on Twitter, and I've, as I've, I've, I've preached on this show for the last month, the players have already agreed to a pay cut. They've already agreed to this. They're not, they're not fighting for their full contract, and neither am I. They're fighting for the pay cut they agreed to and not to be stabbed with another pay cut on top of that one. So that's the bottom line here. And again, as we sit here Wednesday night, before this podcast goes up on Thursday morning, uh, I would say no baseball. I would say no baseball is going to get played this year. And that's insane to me because in March, when this all when this whole pandemic started, I said there's no way that we don't see baseball. I could see a world where we don't play basketball again this year. I could see a world where we don't play hockey again this year. But baseball has enough time to figure this out. It just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I mean, once you have players walk away from the table and really put it out there, I mean, we've seen a ton of disputes in baseball. There's been strikes before in baseball. There's been strikes in other sports. Have you ever heard a, a star player who's a low-key player, by the way? Max Serger does not go on these rants often, if ever. I, I can't remember a single thing that Max has ever said in his entire career. Uh, but whenever he says that the that if the MLB showed their books to us, we would have a totally different opinion uh, as a public perception of them. Uh, that's telling to me. That's very telling to me. And especially whenever you have guys like Marcus Stroman, like I said yesterday, uh, saying that they do not think baseball will return. So, again, in my opinion, this year is over. There's not there's not going to be a 2020 season. Uh, and now you shift your opinion, your shift you shift your focus on to uh, number one: is this year going to count? Uh, for service time because that was agreed to in March that this year, no matter what would count, no matter how many games were played or weren't played, this game would count as a free, as a, uh, as a service year. But as we've seen, the owners have already gone back on that deal. 
Number two, will we see a strike in 2021? I mean, in 2020. Will we see a strike in 2021 that prevents next season? Because I reported it, and oh gosh, I did not mean to say that. I relayed information in in January that there was talk around baseball uh, that we could see a strike in the offseason. So that's our new focus. And I think that I I would hope we wouldn't see a strike, but that's our new focus. It's no longer about 2020. Uh, and again, this isn't set in stone, but as of right now, every sign points to no baseball. Every single sign points to no baseball, and that's just very, very devastating. But nonetheless, you can let me know what you think on Twitter. Again, at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. If you want to listen to a podcast about a sport that is coming back, listen to Locked On Thunder, where I host a daily Thunder podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I cannot wait for next week because I think that by next week, when we get back to Locked On Royals, we will have a plan, whether that plan is to cancel baseball or to continue with baseball, and we can just move on and regroup from there. Uh, but again, th- these last two episodes have been very, very passion-filled, which is what happens uh, when you're talking about baseball. But be good and be good to one another, and we'll see you next time on the Locked On Royals podcast.